Pornography is the most widespread addiction that the human race has ever seen since since in our entire existence, right? It's it's very clear that the corporations, the government, the the, the people in control, it almost seems like they're always trying to do things to weaken us. Internet porn tricks your brain into thinking that you're having sex with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women. Like, if you get on NoFap and you're still just playing video games and watching TV, <laughs> smoking, smoking cigarettes and stuff, you know, it's not going to do anything. It's going to say, oh, we're watching porn because we can't get laid. And the we still have that animal kingdom. We still have that primal DNA, right? Mm. The only the only monkeys that masturbated were the betas. No, Nobody's perfect, but... A life chasing perfection is a life well spent. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. He remembers being really defined as a person during high school when he would practice football for four hours a day. That's where and when his discipline developed drastically. Our guest today is the creator of the NoFap Community Movement, a community that aims to help people self-improve by obtaining from masturbation and watching porn. He's also got a YouTube channel called One Day Better, which is close to 20,000 subscribers by now. We talk about fake researches and studies and how the people in control are always trying to weaken us. The difference between sex and masturbation, why most mental health issues are created in our minds, uh, we also touch upon the subconscious mind and how our actions influence our thoughts and not the other way around. Uh, we, uh, we touch upon uh, dopamine detox and dopamine fasts and the difference between the two and why one should invest their dopamine and much more. But without said, and without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present you no one other than Tyler Johnston. You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts, Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest, stories, and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of the grateful show hope you are doing great and if you're not you're about to be because today we have no one other than tyler how is it going my friend good man i'm happy to be here pleasure to have you on again yeah really really happy because last time it was just uh mind-blowing the mindset that you have and the things that you have said and like your mindset overall is just like i feel like a lot of you should reach a lot of people yeah, for sure. I'm, that's what I'm hoping to do. You know, I'm I'm finally getting back to the podcast and stuff. I got the studio built. I'm hoping to do a lot more of these types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. We're going to get there. Uh, again, just to break the ice, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for my health, grateful to have a f- food on the table and a roof over my head. That's awesome. Just like the the basic needs that we know that we have them, but like some people from from Africa or I don't know, somewhere else don't have them and they just crave them so much. And uh, yeah, we got to be grateful for them. A lot of people have it worse, man. Yeah. I mean, we take it for granted, especially us uh, living in like big cities and having all the technology to our hand. We, we tend to take those things for granted. Like I always remind myself whenever I'm in a rut or like, I just feel like I have a bad day. I'm like, dude, you can literally reach so many people through just yeah. opening Instagram or you can literally order food 
through an app. You can order anything online. Like right, the possibilities yeah. are like endless. But yeah, uh, Tyler, for our audience, for the people that haven't listened to the first podcast with yourself, which was about eight, nine months ago, um, and for the people that are new uh, here, give us a brief introduction into who you are and uh, the movement that you've built uh, and yeah, what it represents. Yeah, so my name is Tyler Johnston, but I mean... I run the NoFap community. It's not really about myself. I never really show my face a whole lot. But yeah, so it's called the NoFap community. And pretty much what NoFap is, is simply abstain from masturbation and porn, also known as PMO. And it's a whole community built around almost this new addiction, this new wave that's encapsulated so many men. And that's all the benefits that come along with it. That's a basic definition of what NoFap is. Mm -hmm. That's great. And uh, I just feel like now is the best time to actually just spread out your word because so many people are facing this addiction and the bad news are that a lot of people don't even know that this is an addiction and like you are right in the right place right i mean perfect timing because there are a lot of people who need help and uh, yeah we just gotta acknowledge for what you do no, it's it's interesting you bring that up, man, because I just I just made a YouTube video about that, about how pornography is the most widespread addiction that the human race has ever seen since since in our entire existence. Right. Like there's over 42 billion visits to por- to Pornhub, just Pornhub. That's just one site per year. Like wow. the human race, you take cigarettes, alcohol, any kind of addiction that's ever faced us. Nothing's ever compared to our or internet porn addiction. And on top of that, porn, the numbers double, like the statistics on how many people visit it and how many people use it double every four years. That's crazy, right? Even us were kind of mind blown when we heard the facts from Tyler. But with that said, before jumping into the podcast, guys, I just wanted to let you know that we really appreciate your ongoing support, both on Instagram and here on all the podcast platforms. Therefore, I wanted to again give you a friendly reminder that whenever you share the podcast and whenever you put it on your Instagram stories and tag us at Grateful Show, uh, that will get into a lot of more people's Instagrams. Therefore, we will be able to spread our message and not only that, but we will hopefully be able to enlarge our audience and that will give us the allowance and the capabilities to bring more and way better guests on our podcast and with that said back to the brilliant conversation with tyler yeah that's insane and correct me if i'm wrong but uh like a while ago i've seen this thing this uh news and uh there was something like one out of something like 10 uh searches on internet are like for porn it's it's actually uh 30 34 percent actually Holy shit. <laughs> that's that's wow. the numbers that I got, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just mind blowing. I've yeah. seen a I've seen a meme this morning that really, really resonated with me and my childhood and uh the unfortunate uh, times when I, I came across porn and there were this was this meme where uh a kid tries to search for uh, naked women on Google and then Eventually, a whole crisis uh, comes upon himself and he ruins his teenage years by basically getting addicted to porn. But 
Uh, yeah, you 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 briefly explain what uh, NoFap is about, but for people that came across the subject but don't didn't really want to tap into it, mostly because I've seen and I am aware of the fact that a lot of those big corporations um, are trying to push science. Uh, in their favor, mm-hmm. in a sense that there's a lot of articles out there. If you search, like people listening right now, if you go on Google and just type, uh, uh, is masturbation healthy for you? You will see so many articles uh, pointing out to different studies that basically prove that masturbation is healthy. And in fact, uh, men that are not masturbating uh, uh, are more uh, intended to have uh, prostate cancer and all of those stuff. So how would you address this, Tyler? And how would you basically, with an open mind, explain those people that are not yet prepared uh, or aware enough of this aspect? Uh, How would you call them out, I guess? Yeah. Well, I don't mean to go full conspiracy mode here, but yeah. It's it's very clear that the corporations, the government, the 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 people in control, it almost seems like they're always trying to do things to weaken us. You know, that in the take it for example in the coronavirus lockdown, they shut down all the gyms. Yeah. Even though working out would boost your immune system and they kept open all the liquor stores and all the weed dispensaries, right? And this is I could I could give a million examples of that, of how these big entities, these all the people in control try and weaken us. And all those quote unquote studies that say masturbation's good and pornography's good, they're all funded by MindGeek. MindGeek is the company that owns Pornhub. So the, the companies that own all these porn sites fund that research and they just magically say how porn is good and masturbation's so good. So if you really look into those studies, it's very clear that it's it's false science and that they skew the results and they're just brainwashing you. Furthermore, I mean, even I think this is a good rule in looking at any study. You really just got to trust yourself because even even the the real science, science goes back and forth all the time, right? It's been proven that science has been proven wrong. Well, even I know you guys are into bodybuilding. Three, four years ago, they said eggs are terrible. You should never eat eggs. They're terrible for you. And now they, they've switched back and forth like six times since then. You know what I'm saying? So even under their own logic, they're wrong. And if someone's just trying to figure it out for themselves, you know, I think master porn's way worse than masturbation. Just based off common sense, you take our we're we're genetic adapting creatures, right? We've adapted over time. For them for the vast, vast majority of humanity, males have only had one to two sexual partners in their life. That's the way that we've genetically adapted. That's the way we've changed. That's what we're used to. Only in the past, like, 20, 30 years, like, one generation, internet porn tricks your brain into thinking that you're having sex with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women. Like, and and it it fries your dopamine receptors. So I encourage people just to try NoFap out, don't really trust science, and just go off their own personal experience. Yeah, wise words. wise advice, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking uh, about a scenario Let's say that I'm a 17-year-old teenager, and I just uh, come across, let's say, this podcast about NoFap and never heard about it before. And how would you address that uh, that guy that it's literally the first time who's being bombarded bombarded with the information that actually NoFap and all this porn 
movement, it's uh, it's bad for you. How would you address him, or what, what what would you tell him in order to not necessarily switch his mind, but let's say plant a seed in his head? Yeah, I mean, bad. for sure. Well, the first thing I do is tell him to really look into the research of what porn does to your brain. You know, because and just make his own informed decision. You know, first I tell him how bad pornography is and I would, I would show them the nofap community, but I think it's important for people to realize that the things that you're told, it's almost like unplugging for the matrix, you know, like mm-hmm. the red pill, you know, take the red pill in the matrix. It's mm-hmm. almost like tell him that maybe not everything that you see, not everything you hear, you should trust and just really to try nofap out for himself. And maybe, maybe it'll work for him and maybe it won't. You know, nofap works for most people. Some people, they see no benefit. You know, it's important. I would just encourage him to make his own decisions and really just be open-minded and just try things out. Yeah, really, really nice advice. I mean, to be honest, coming to what you have said earlier, I have a friend who said that he have tried this thing with nofap for approximately three months, but there was no, there was no benefit for him. And I mean... I don't know what to think and what to say about it because obviously for me, I mean, it's a game changer. But for him, I don't know if it's he's lying or he didn't do it like properly. But I feel like there is no way no fab can't help you. I mean, it's all about the energy that you are just releasing when you are ejaculating, and uh, it's very weird. Would you say that it like it should work with everybody? Well, I would say two things. Number one, it's possible that he wasn't doing it correctly, that he was edging. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he was having a lot of wet dreams. Maybe he was because there's two ways that nofap works, right? There's the dopamine rewiring to where you have more available dopamine and your dopamine receptors are more activated when you're doing productive things. And then there's the buildup of semen, the buildup of sexual energy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's possible that he was maybe edging a lot. So he was still screwing up his dopamine receptors just as bad, maybe worse. Um, Number two, it's possible that he was just lying and he didn't do it. I I mean, I don't know the guy, but, and number three, it's possible that he was maybe still just having a lot of sex and maybe having um, just a lot of wet dreams, constantly emptying out his sexual energy. And furthermore, I mean, nofap only works when you have channels to use it on, right? Like Mm. if you're just, if you get on nofap and you're still just playing video games and watching TV, smoking, <laughs> smoking cigarettes and stuff, you know, it's not going to do anything. Definitely. Nofap only nofap just gives you the tools to succeed. And if you don't have anything to use those tools on, then it's literally not going to do anything. You know, couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, would you say that? Is it any difference? Like, let's say that I'm in a relationship. And uh, yeah, obviously, let's say that I'm having sex, normal, Mm -hmm. regular sex. And then in the same time, obviously, I'm ejaculating, but I'm watching porn as well. Is it still Mm -hmm. destructive? I don't know. I don't think the sex is destructive at all. I think that the porn is definitely because porn, if you have if you had to choose between quitting one, quitting masturbation or quitting porn, porn's definitely worse, you know. But the sex, the reason why sex is different than masturbation is because sex forces you to improve yourself. 
right? Sex is sex is essential. You know, sex sex gives you that feedback loop of improving yourself, getting the reward of sex, and it just it just keeps going. Masturbation, you you don't you don't need anything. You could be sitting around, never work out, never work on anything, and just masturbate and still get that. Sex is actually good because it reinforces those positive habits and reinforces you to get better as a person and then you achieve the sex. You know, so I, I'm actually I'm some guys are say you should just be full semen retention all the time. I'm I'm actually pro sex. I think sex is a good good healthy thing for anyone. Mm-hmm. Very interesting point. Uh, it's like obviously, as Bogdan pointed out, it's one thing to do no fab. Like I personally done no fab for like uh, over a hundred days, but like semen mm-hmm. retention, however, it's much more difficult. Like it's the monk mode, the heart mode, and uh, I think um, even in um, Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. He was not necessarily directly pointing out to the fact that you should mm-hmm. have sex and ejaculate, but basically how the author was putting it was when there is a connection through love and there is a energy connection between two people, of, of course, if you have sex, you basically exchange energy mm-hmm. with your partner. So you, by having sex, it's way different from you watching porn because you're basically exchanging energy with that partner. You're reinforcing her energy. She's reinforcing your energy and together, basically you can better yourselves. Mm. If that makes sense. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, we don't understand shit, you know, all that Eastern medicine stuff. I mean, it's been proven that it's, it's so true over and over. There's things that have been written 2000, 3000 years ago in, in old Indian books that just now are being scientifically proven today. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't understand the human body. Like there's, it's like doing yoga. We don't understand why yoga has so many good effects on the body. I mean, it's, it's just stretching essentially. It's that energy movement. Right. And I think just to add on to that point from earlier about semen retention, semen, I don't think it's good to be on semen retention all the time. I mm. think semen retention, it's almost like sprinting or like maxing out in the gym. You know, it's it's good in certain parts and it's essential in certain parts, but you shouldn't be doing it all the time every day. You know what I'm saying? I think it's good to just let the, let it cycle naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say that, let's say that you're in a relationship and uh, you still want, obviously, to have that energy from not uh, ejaculating, would you say that edging while doing sex, I mean, not masturbating, I mean, not ejaculating, sorry, is still going to help you or is it going to help you, but not that much, or is it not helping you at all? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I actually have a podcast tomorrow with, uh, Jonathan white, who's a sexual energy master. Um, he teaches dudes like he has a whole, like that's his whole life is studying sexual energy. Um, pretty much I was listening to one of his YouTube videos the other day. He says that going back to that energy during sex, if you get the right energy during sex, and you edge, he was talking about this technique of basically ejaculating, which basically means if you if you don't ejaculate during the sex, but you receive the right energies, that semen will be absorbed into your bloodstream and it gives you like this massive creative energetical rush. You yeah. know, so I don't I'm I'm not sure. I don't know how well that works. Um if I, if you guys interviewed me the day after tomorrow, I guess I could tell you, but <laughs> I, I know that energetically they're de- they definitely have way different effects in the body and i definitely know that sex having sex versus masturbating 
having sex increases your testosterone a lot more and masturbating actually decreases your testosterone. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Fair enough. But, but I was wondering if, uh, let's say that you are retaining, retaining your semen during sex, isn't it the same thing while, let's say, you are masturbating, but you are retaining your, your, your semen? Why is it different? That's a great question because I've actually studied this a lot. Um, what happens when you masturbate and you edge – and I'm not sure how this would be different from sex, but I know most of the time when you masturbate and you edge, that semen gets pulled up from your from your scrotum and it gets ready to go, right? And then when you don't release it, it goes right into it go instead it can't go back down where it came from because it's already gotten compromised. It's already came out, you know, it's already dirty. It can't go back into there. So it goes into your bladder and you urinate it out later. Um and I know that's that's kind of a I don't really understand how that works, but I know that most of the time when you edge and you when you're edging when you're masturbating, you lose it anyway. So you might as well if you're if you're edging, you might as well just release it at that point because it's going to get released anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are still things that we need to discover and we need to do a lot more studies and uh, yeah, just practice in order to see how it works and why it works this way and it doesn't work uh, the other way. But uh, I was wondering, uh, what's your what's your take on women masturbating or watching porn? Well, I'm not – I know definitely women don't lose anything when they masturbate. Um, I'm not sure how it affects their energy or their chi. I'm, I'm not – I know nothing about that. But in any case, pornography is terrible. I mean, pornography has the same effect on women's brain as it does on men's brain. Um, so if I was a woman, I would – the only advice I can really give them is I highly advise them not to, ma- not to watch porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because basically it's the same dopamine desensitization, des- I guess is spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically I think it has a lot of a lot of – connection through their their self-esteem and to their self-worth mm. as well we were speaking to uh omkar uh on another podcast a few weeks ago about the fact that whenever a, w- a woman chooses porn she basically reinforces the fact that she's not worthy of having mm. a man of having an actual orgasm through actual sex so that's definitely not uh, healthy for for no woman uh, especially in the long run yeah I, I actually wanted to get in get into that get into the the subconscious mind um so pretty much why that happens why you get a lower self-esteem and lowered self-confidence when you watch porn is because we have something called the hind brain we have the the subconscious unconscious mind so we have our conscious mind where we're, we're aware of things. You know, we can think our, our thoughts. And then we have the other 90% of our brain is subconscious. So like that's what's controlling our heart rate, what's controlling our breathing when we walk. You know, you're not thinking about those steps, right? Your subconscious brain is constantly observing your environment and it's constantly observing your conscious brain. So if I asked you what's your name, you'd be like Bogdan, right? You wouldn't even have to think about it. You wouldn't have to consciously think about it because it's stored in your subconscious brain. It's constantly storing that data. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious mind stores data based off your actions. So let's say you go and you watch porn. Your subconscious brain is going to justify that and it's going to judge you. It's going to say, oh, we're watching porn because we can't get laid. That's why. And then it's going to apply that same concept of be like, oh, we well, we can't get laid. So our testosterone must go down or it's going to it's going to apply that information to everything in your life. 
you know, it's going to change your your deep, dark beliefs about yourself at a mm-hmm. core level, and it's going to weaken you across all areas. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's happening just because, like, obviously, subconsciously, like you have said, you, I mean, your body, because you are genetic, genetically made that way, we, like, we used to have sex a lot before, and we were mating, like, a lot, but right now, when things have changed, obviously, you still need to to have sex or to ejaculate. And because you can't or because you don't have the confidence or whatever, you just go and masturbate, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I was actually reading um, Becoming a Barbarian. I was reading this book earlier today and he's talking about chimps. He's talking about monkeys and the monkeys in the end. We still have the animal kingdom. We still have that primal DNA, right? Mm. The only the only monkeys that masturbated were the betas. The alphas always <laughs> had sex. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when, when when we start masturbating, our brain's like, oh shit, we're we're a beta based on that deep dark primal programming. Yeah. yeah. And like let's let's be honest now, because I really want to touch again on uh, this point uh, about your friend Bogdan. Like, let's be honest, like even if that guy uh, was lying to you in regards to the fact that yes, he was on similar attention, but deep down he knew that he wasn't, he basically carries that shame everywhere. Like whenever, whenever he relapses, whenever he watches porn, yeah, he might get away with it because he's just himself alone uh, in his room. But deep down, as uh, as Tyler mentioned, uh, in your subconscious mind, you know you're not doing the right things. You know you should be basically improving your social skills or perhaps uh, reaching out to someone or perhaps meeting people. But instead, you do that. So. Even though you just uh, justify that, uh, like it's lockdown or whatever, or I'll do it next week, I'm gonna meet that girl, I'm gonna text whoever, uh, still that subconscious mind, that program gets rewritten with each time you relapse, making it harder and harder for you to actually quit. Right. And there's actually something that I read about called the, the thought action loop. And so it has on one side, it has thoughts and the other side it has actions. And we think that all of our actions are based off our thoughts, but our, our actions, our actions influence our thoughts just as much. Right. So if you do something, it's your mind's going to justify it. Right. So like if you did something nice for a friend, you're going to, you're going to like that friend more after you did that nice thing for them than before. Why? Because your brain's going to justify doing that nice thing. You're just like, Oh, I did that nice thing for them, for that friend, because I must really like them. That's why if you give your friend a pencil or something, you're going to like them weirdly more after than before Mm -hmm. Mm because your mind's constantly justifying why you did that action. And it changes your beliefs based off Mm -hmm. that act, that previous action. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's the same when doing hard hard things like let's say that let's just assume that no fab has no benefits whatsoever but it's still difficult it's very very difficult to to keep at it cold showers as well training whatever is difficult when you actually do it for a long period of time you basically as you said justify to yourself that you went out of your comfort zone so many times you must be this alpha male that basically goes against all odds and takes cold showers, works as much as is needed and all that. And basically your confidence is going to raise. Even if there's no benefits of those things, uh, let's just assume your confidence is still going to increase because subconsciously you you know that you are doing difficult things instead of actually taking the easier out, instead of having a pizza or watching a Netflix series. 
Absolutely, man. This discipline's a muscle. Just just yeah. like this, you know, you got to work it out every day. One percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just wondering. Let's say that I'm a I'm a guy who has been doing this uh, salmon retention movement, and I'm like on 100 days streak, and uh, I'm really curious. Is there like a line where it's not healthy anymore? Like after a certain amount of days, it's not healthy for you. Yes, I actually do think that being on semen retention for, I would say about 90 days. I don't think, I think all that stuff they say, oh, it gives you prostate cancer. I don't think that's true. But I think mentally it starts become becoming unhealthy because, I mean, semen retention, if you go on it for too long, like just like we're talking about that subconscious justification, it'll drive you crazy if you stay on it for too, too long, you know, because your brain's going to go, why aren't we having sex? Why aren't we having sex? Why aren't we having sex? It's, and eventually – that feeling of unworthiness at first it's a positive thing because when you first go on semen retention, your body's like, okay, well we just need to get better. But when you've been on semen retention for a long time and you keep getting better and keep getting better, but you're still not nutting, eventually that starts to drive you nuts and you, you start to kind of go crazy a little bit, you know, and you start to get angry and you know what I'm saying? So I think not, it's not physically unhealthy to be on semen retention that long, but I think mentally it's a little bit unhealthy to be on semen retention that long. Mm-hmm. And is there like a sweet spot, let's say, if I don't know, 50, 60, 40, 30 days that you should just then ejaculate? I think people, you know, I, I hate saying this because people might use it as a reason to relapse, but I think you kind of got to play it by ear, man, because mm-hmm. everyone's different. You know, people of different ages, people of different testosterones produce different levels of semen and and sexual energy, you know, and people of different levels of how much they spend their sexual energy so it's really up to you to be able to determine when you've had too much when's where's the sweet spot you really just kind of kind of experiment with yourself because everyone's so different you know yeah and i understand why you're saying that because let's say that you're just starting out this uh, whole movement and then after seven days you feel like holy shit it's not working for me i mean i've been (laughs) on this for too long let's just relapse yeah yeah you you definitely got to try it out first and then you can decide you know yeah, definitely. Uh, Tyler, uh, we just wanted to dive a bit into uh, into dopamine, like hmm. in general. And um, I mean, a lot of people already know about the dopamine detox. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your take on that? If you so, want to balance your dopamine levels. Yeah, that's a great question. So dopamine, I mean, just if anyone doesn't know, it's your reward chemical, right? It's what you get when you do something either productive or you do something bad. You get a hit of dopamine. And dopamine's important because it reinforces all of our actions. You know, dopamine's the miracle chemical. It's what determines all of our habits and determines our life. So my perspective on dopamine and just pleasure in general is I think you should invest it. Now, what I mean for that is I think you should invest dopamine like you invest money. So if you invest money, let's say you have $1, right? You put it into real estate or you put it in the stock market. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you get $3. So you can have $1 now or you can have $3 in the future. I think the same is with dopamine. You can have a little bit of dopamine now with with things like PMO, cigarettes, etc. You can have a little bit of dopamine now. Or you can give that up, you can go on NoFap, you can self-improve, you can you can take the hits, you can live the hard life, give that cheap pleasure up now, invest it like you invest money, and you know, 10, 20 years from now, you're gonna reap rewards five, tenfold. You know, you're gonna get 
so much more out of it than what you put in. So I think people should really play the long game with their dopamine, play long term and just and just play it that way. And I think dopamine detoxes, I do think that they are effective in the short term. Um I've done I did 6 in 2020. Um I think 6 was too much for me. I think you should I think the sweet spot for dopamine detoxes is about 2 or 3 a year. I think that's about the same. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my perspective on how to manage your dopamine and how I think the right way to manage dopamine is. Yeah, I love how you. Yeah. I love how that's you mentioned that you gotta invest it. Yeah, but, I was just how, about to say yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of the best explanations for how dopamine works. Yeah. How long? How long were your uh, dopamine uh, fasts, if you don't mind sharing? Just one. Uh, so there's. I, in in a post that I wrote, so there's dopamine detoxes and then there's mm -hmm. dopamine fasts. Okay. Dopamine fast, yeah, dopamine fast is long term. Like you know, I'm quitting cigarettes for 30 days, or I'm quitting video games 30 days. A dopamine detox is just a 24 hour, just pretty much monk mode, nothing, just kind of just sitting there, just reading books all day, and no food or anything. So that, so about 24 hours is about what I'd go for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Really nice, and uh, I mean, it's really, it's really well. It's really nice how you pointed out that you have got to just invest your dopamine into into your future self. And uh, I was just wanted to to ask you to change a little bit the subject. Uh, where you are heading with all this uh, with all this movement? What's your plan for the future? Honestly, I think. Um... I'm I'm gonna try to build up my audience. I think I'm gonna try to start doing like face to face videos on YouTube like that. Um, maybe start like a no fat podcast almost. Um, but what I really want to do is I want to do no fat coaching, like one on one coaching, just help people one on one. I think that would be really fun. Um, and also think I can make a living at that too. I think I could quit my job and and do that full time. Yeah, and there's no doubt that uh, that you're not gonna succeed uh, with that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a huge demand for that. Even yeah. if pe most people wouldn't recognize it, there's so many people that need help with it. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to to ask you because I think it would give uh, some insights to our audience and also uh, some value. Uh, what's one challenge that you had to overcome that you basically learned a big lesson from? It could mm. have been from last year, or it could have been like a long time ago. One challenge. I would say I, I wouldn't necessarily call this a challenge, but this was a really defining moment in my life. Um, my junior year of high school football, we got this new head coach, right? And he was like this Air Force general and stuff. And pretty much what happened was it was just we were practicing like four hours hard every single day after school, you know, and it was it was definitely the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And that that really built so much discipline because we would go, we'd go like six hours a day or like, yeah, total. Cause we would have, we'd have to get to school early, watch film, have meetings, go have meetings after school, practice, break down the film. And it was just, I would say that period in my life of playing high school football is what really, really defined me as a person and what really built my discipline and my mindset on life. I would say that that right there is my, was probably the, the biggest challenge. Yeah. Fair right. enough. I mean, there is just like a pattern if you really look closely and uh, 
it's just like it go, goes like this the harder are the times that you are getting through the better you're gonna just become into the future and the more you're just gonna transform yeah absolutely I mean, we had a lot of uh, guests uh, before that. We basically asked them a different kind of question. I think we asked you the same question last time. And that was, uh, uh, what's one event or thing that you are the most grateful for? And a lot of people actually, to our surprise, said that they are grateful for something bad that happened to them at the time. At the time, it was like the worst thing. It was like a nightmare, but further down the line, it uh, ended up being like a change of career paths or just skyrocketed their mindset or helped them uh, spiritually awaken or uh, whatever it was. But yeah, it's it's a pattern that with all the bad things, usually we get uh, most of our lessons from. P- pain is growth in disguise, man. Yeah. Well definitely. said, very well said. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, what's one thing that you you currently would change about yourself that you know that you are doing or not doing and you know that if you would do it or not do it would just uh, help you step up the game i would say if i could change anything about myself i would say i would say nothing at all man because you know you said if you could change one habit or anything like that if i could magically make myself do a habit i still wouldn't do it then because the the point of developing things about yourself and developing new habits and whatnot is you're getting that you're developing as a person, you're developing your discipline, your mental strength to go along with it. Um, I wouldn't change anything about my life or the way things have been or, you know, anything about myself because those things have forced me to grow to overcome them and forced me to get better to overcome them. And I'm like you said, those are the things that I'm most, most grateful for, you know, my, is my weaknesses. So I would, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I really love the confidence uh, and the honesty that you have just put into into your answer. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, if you'd ask me the same question, I would say the same, but I would just feel like there should be something. But now that I'm hearing you saying the same thing, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm no regrets in a nutshell. Yeah, you are, yeah, man. You, are in the, you could be better, obviously. Yeah. But uh, the things that you are doing, uh, maybe will like the success will just uh, appear in the future not right now even though you feel like you are doing some things which are wrong or there's something wrong with you even no nobody's perfect but a life chasing perfection is a life well spent another another well said quote <laughs> these are these are my quotes by the way i decided <laughs> to remember them so i was just wondering because everybody is just now talking about mental health and you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you shouldn't be doing this. And uh, I just wanted to, to find out your your point. What's three things that people should do in order to just uh, help them out with their mental health? That's kind of ironic because uh, I actually just wrote a little piece about that this morning. Um, basically, it went like, you only have depression and anxiety if you give it room. Right. Because you think about let's think about our ancestors or let's think about the people one or two generations before us. They never had depression or anxiety or they had very, very, very lowered rates of it because their lives were hard. Our brains are designed to to have hard. It's designed to our brains are designed to have pain. Now, you can either have that pain 
by, you know, living a super disciplined life and living, doing the right things and and doing the right things willingly and doing things that are going to move you forward, or your brain is going to adjust. It's going to autocorrect and it's going to give you that pain. If you don't have a battle to fight outside, your brain's going to give you a battle to fight on the inside. You know, so I was writing this morning, like, uh, Fago or the six dogs, um, the art the musical artist, he just committed suicide last night. The guy who made a uh, Fago dreams, the song. Wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah, it's, do you, do you guys know that kind of like rap music, like American yeah, rap music? Yeah. He used yeah. To, I used to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he committed suicide last night, and I was thinking like he he got successful at a very very young age. Um, and I'm not saying he didn't work hard for it or anything, but he just hit that lucky chord, and he got all the riches, all the girls, everything he could ever ask for. Maybe without all the work that it really took to get there. And that's why you see all these rich kids and all these uh, people who have everything they ever want in life. They're all they're always depressed and they always have anxiety because their life is just too easy, you know. So I think if you're if you have depression or anxiety, I think the best thing you can do is just get up at four in the morning and go for a run. Go sit in the sauna for three hours. Go go on a super hard fast. Just just give your brain some kind of hard. And your brain will stop giving itself that hard, you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm, hard life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just uh, finishing now Psycho-Cybernetics, uh, which, mm. by the way, to our people listening, if you haven't read it or listened to it, I highly encourage you to do so. And uh, basically, the author, uh, I'm, I was like... At, 80% of the book. And I, I just realized that he's repeating one thing. And you know that with most books that are like bestsellers or that have a great impact, like look at Think and Grow Rich, there's one, two or three ideas that the author keeps repeating in different manners. So it gets to you eventually. And what myself, in my opinion, uh, think that is the plot of the whole book in a nutshell is the fact that we are goal-striving beings, and we have to reinforce uh, a positive attitude towards striving towards our own goals. Otherwise, as you mentioned, uh, uh, we either find things to be depressed about, we either find things to be anxious about. Uh, and there was another uh, good point in the book um, about how to get creative in times of crisis, how to creatively solve problems in times of crisis. And uh, kind of obvious concept, uh, but it just made me think. Uh, the author explains basically the fact that you can either be aggressive and see it as an opportunity uh, because it's going to be way harder for you to reach your uh, goals right now uh, and just see it as an opportunity to put even more co- more work in to get even better than you were supposed to in the first place, or else you can just complain and find excuses and basically fall into the other track as you were mentioning with like when you don't have hard battles to fight to just create battles for yourself in your own mind right no yeah we're i mean like you said i mean we're adaptive creatures you know like our ancestors weren't depressed when they were hunter gatherers just trying to survive because they couldn't afford to be Mm -hmm. they didn't have room to be depressed you know and i think you yeah you're right you do need that mission to pull you up and force you to be better to put you in a situation where you can't be depressed, your mind won't let it, let itself be, you know? Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%. And like, I don't want to trigger anyone in the audience, but this is just my honest opinion. I think that is the case with mental health as well. I'm not saying that the whole thing applies and I don't want to generalize, but as soon as 
we as people start to talk about certain things, it seems like we create those things or we create more of those problems. I think there was even a theory about the fact that when there's a plane crash somewhere on in the world, it could be in America, in the Pacific Ocean, when there's a plane crash and it gets uh, mediatized, uh, it gets in the news basically, uh, there is a chance of like 30 or 35% increase of a chance for another plane crash to just happen in the next two weeks or three weeks or something like that, just because of that new news, just because of the fact that people started talking about that, it got to their subconscious mind. And I think it's the case with mental health and anxiety and depression as well. I'm not saying, uh, I don't want to generalize it because I know there's a lot of uh, sensitive cases out there, but also on the other side, there's a lot of people that just need to wake up at 5 a.m., have a cold shower and go for a run, as you mentioned, and they're going to have no problems after that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's people say all these mental health problems are genetic. They're like, oh, well, I was just born with depression. I was born with anxiety. But that's clearly wrong because we've had the same genetics pretty much for for thousands of years. And depression and anxiety has just gone crazy through the roof. So it's it's clearly something in our environment. And I, I think I do think it is that environment that kind of encourages it and makes it normal. that drives the rights up. But I also think it's, it's just the life we live, you know, having the internet, having easy access to food, having just kind of being a little bit spoiled almost, you know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I also think that that's a part of the environment. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. We were just talking about how, um, how someone should just find their challenges because otherwise life is pointless. And I know that this is very subjective, but I'm just wondering what would you say that is the meaning of life? Mm. I think that the meaning of life, number one, is is different for everyone. I mean, everyone has their purpose. I think the meaning of life is to find your purpose, try and make your mark on the world, and just try and and get as good as you can and self-develop and be and maximize your potential the best that you can and just do what you can with the genetics that you've been given and the environment that you're in and just whether you're religious or whether you're not religious and you think your purpose is anything else, everyone has a different purpose in life and every, everyone has other things that fulfill, fulfill them. And I think everyone just needs to figure out what they love to do and what they want to do with their life and just, and go all in on it. Do, do everything they can to be as good as they can at that one thing. Yeah. Really nice said. So then would you say that there is no like meaning that we should all be like following, we should all just uh, do that. I mean, everybody's just different and everybody should just take their own path and worry what they have. Yeah. I mean, for, for all we know, this could be a simulation, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know the rules of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't know who's making the game, but you know the rules, so you got to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I, I was telling Bogdan, I think it was last year, um, after like some sort of awakening of mine, I was like, bro, there's no way we can exit this game. Escape <laughs> the game. We just got to create an, an, another mini game inside their game so we can play our game by our rules, but also whilst respecting most of their rules because we, we have to be here. <laughs> right, yeah. You just change levels, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, talking about like the game and the society and how we basically are wired to to evolve would you would you consider uh let's say that 
how should I put it? Would you like to live forever, like be immortal mm. or not? And why? No, I don't think I'd want to be mortal uh, or immortal if that's where you're at. I, no, I, do, I've, I think that, you know, nature has rules. And I think that there's rules of nature, like everything's in a cycle, like everything in our life, everything is just a big cycle. Everything has a beginning yep. and an end, the seasons, the weather, just our lives and the sleeping, waking cycle. And I think that the more you can live in line with just nature and just the way things are meant to be, you know, and the more you can restore yourself to just, just your natural state and stay in that, I think you're going to be better off. And I, immortality breaks every rule of nature, you know, so... I don't know what could mess you up. I think you would get super depressed and super – it'd be torture, and there would be no way out of it. Is it what I think would happen if you were immortal? Yeah. Mm. And if you really think about it, like, you can't even remember what happened last month. I mean, the, the details. <laughs> what about no. last 100 years or 1,000 years? Yeah, and you'd right. have to see all your kids and everyone that you ever loved would die in front of your face, you know? And that would just keep happening forever and ever. So you'd be like, you'd be lonely, you know? And you also wouldn't have any deadline. And so there will be no rush. Like, you don't have to be that disciplined because after all, you've got all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to be like, okay, so this doesn't really matter if I'm doing it now or later because I'm not going to die anyway. So what's yeah, the point? Might yeah. as well just wait another couple of hundreds of years till uh, <laughs> we colonize Mars because I don't like Earth that much. So <laughs> just yeah. gonna wait. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler, we spoke a, a little bit earlier about mental health and I'm really curious about your opinion. Would you say that we are living in a snowflake generation or would you say that our times are just getting tougher and tougher or both or what's your take? I think 100% we're living in a snowflake generation, at least in America. Um, I've never been to another country, so I don't know. But <clears throat> I think most first world countries, Canada, the UK, America, we're all getting very, very soft. You know, like like I've said before, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, you know, and that we're at the bottom end of the cycle right now america had its pax romana we had our rise we had our success and now everyone's just gotten comfortable and gotten soft in it if the coronavirus hit 20 years ago we would have a completely different reaction to it yeah and i think yeah people really just need to to toughen up because if we don't i think america's going to get conquered here in 40 50 years because we don't everyone in america doesn't realize like we're still animals. We're still primates. Everyone, almost every other country in the world wants our ass. They want our territory. And if we keep screwing off and we keep just getting worse and weaker, I mean, we're, we're going to get raped and pillaged as a society, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's definitely scary to be on the, on the downturn of a civil, on a, of a civilization like this, but uh, I just try to do what I can to train, to change the culture and, and just stay hard myself and, and not be a snowflake. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, maybe it's not, uh, it doesn't make any sense with the point, with the subject that we are talking, but it just uh, came to my mind that movie, if you know it, Wally, with mm -hmm. that robot, where yes. everybody just left the planet and they're just living in this spaceship and they're just uh, basically living in a chair. They're just mm -hmm. watching videos and eating, and <laughs> hopefully, we're not gonna reach that point. And, people like like you and many, many other like 
influencers, good influencers, are going to change that. Hopefully, yes, that's the plan, man. But we'll see. You know, we do what we got to fulfill our purpose. Do what we can, and the end result is going to be what the end result is. You know, we just got to let the butterfly effect to do its job, and hopefully, it will be in our favors. But with that said, uh, Tyler, I'm, I want to be mindful of our audience time, of your time. And I just want to address you the last question. Again, we, we asked you the same question about eight months ago. Uh, but I really want to see what has changed and if things have changed in uh, regards to your uh, take on the questions. So this is how it goes. Uh, you are on your deathbed. So you're just minutes uh, before your death. There's no pain. Uh, you just know that you have to say goodbye. But before you do that, you have to face uh, the best version of yourself, the version that you could have become. You look that person in the eye, see and comprehend what you could have become. How would you feel about yourself, about your life, and about the things you've gone through in that particular moment? I hope that I'd be proud um, more than anything, I would hope that I can look back and say, I did, I did, I might have not been perfect, but I did everything that I could do in my power to be the best me that I could be and do what I need to do. Um, that, that's really what anyone can hope for, you know, is just be, be proud of what they did and who they were and what they stood for and be proud of the type of person that I was, you know? So that would be as if I was cool with that. And let's say the the best version of me made, you know, billions of dollars and maybe I didn't make that much money. As long as I have that and as long as I'm I'm proud and I thought I did a, just a good what I could do at life, I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, all the answers to this question are just going in one direction, which is live a life without any regrets because no matter what you could have always along the way just took another decision which will just take you another path isn't it yeah absolutely yeah i mean maybe in another reality we wouldn't have done those two podcasts so you never know <laughs> exactly yeah yeah tyler thank you so much for what you do for who you are for your mindset and for everything you're trying to achieve and uh, just to roll out the red carpet, can you please uh, let our audience again know what you do and uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so my name's Tyler Johnston. Uh, I run the NoFap community on Instagram. I also have a YouTube. Um, yeah, you can just follow me at NoFap Community. Um, my YouTube is one day better. Uh, I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff there, a lot of kind of philosophy stuff. So, um, yeah, so just NoFap Community on Instagram, one day better on YouTube. Awesome. You heard him, guys. All the links are going to be down in the description box, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or watching us on YouTube. Uh, and with that said, Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend the last hour with yourself, uh, getting to know you at a deeper level. Uh, for our audience, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check Tyler's uh, things out. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And yeah. With that said, thank you so much. I'm Pasco. This is Bogdan and you guys stay grateful. Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5 star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. 
This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.